Welcome to a podcast by Kaylee, the gateway to unlocking your unlimited potential. I'm creating an army of six and seven figure makeup artists, and I want you to join me. In this podcast, I'm going to be crushing gatekeeping, opening the doors to the knowledge you need, and deep diving into the topics that can push us to the next level. Be prepared for epic guests and answers to the questions you have always wanted to know. No more small business. No more just a makeup artist. The beauty industry is a $250 billion industry and you're in it. Let's get ready to open those gates. This is a podcast by Kaylee. Today, we are chatting to Hunter Donia. When my boyfriend asked me, who are you interviewing today? I told him, well, he's kind of like the American hair version of me. Hunter is a hairstylist and badass educator and speaker, specializing in helping hairstylists systematize and automate their business. One thing I think he does really well at is his teachings on boundaries, which have informed many of my own. He has a badass podcast, he is an avid Harry Potter fan, and he is an absolute powerhouse of information. We're really lucky to be speaking to him today. We touch on a number of topics, such as how he got his start in hairstyling, staying true to yourself, going against the grain of your parents, but also one of the most beautiful moments in our conversation was on ADHD and how it has affected Hunter and many artists and hairstylists in our community. I hope you love this conversation as much as I did. Introducing Hunter Donia. Well, I have not had the pleasure of um, of actually even just being over in Europe or overseas at all. Um, I'll be doing a Europe trip for the first time in September, but I'm going to be doing like a lot of like the Alps towns. Like I'm going to be going to Austria, Germany, Switzerland, and France, and I'm just going to be going to Chamonix in France. But I'm not going to be going to London. But it's really up there in my bucket list. But I said, like, if we visit over there, if I visit her, like, we have to go to the London. Like, we, we have to see London, like, very much so. So you have to. If you ever come to London, please let me take you around, especially yes. my part of London, North, East, South, and West London. They're all so tonally different. So I live in East London, mm. which is like where all the graffiti is and all the arty kids and all the mm. like art students. So it's really like, I love it. It's my favorite part, but everybody's biased. Well, honestly, like it's funny for me. And I feel like a a lot of Americans are like this. I feel like wherever we grow up, like we're like, oh yeah, it's like not that great. Like we hate it. (laughs) So uh, for me, like I like Philadelphia is cool. Like, especially if you like history, because it's a super historical city and there's like a lot of like there is really good food, but for me, it's like, meh, like Philly's all right. There's other better places in the U.S. to visit if you're going to be coming and visiting at all, in my oh. opinion. <laughs> maybe one day, maybe one day I have on my bucket list to visit every state in the U.S. So yes. maybe one day. <laughs> there is beautiful places for sure. I'm a personal fan of the, um, of the desert. So I love Arizona, Utah, and like those parts of California, like Palm Springs, like there is such beauty there like it's truly gorgeous so i highly recommend i will let's do it i need to meet you one day just to fangirl in person rather than like this i would love to (laughs) so hunter i know obviously as a podcaster you probably know this as well we do a little bit of digging into our guests so i know i know a little bit about you (laughs) where did you get your humble beginnings 
Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, my name is Hunter Donia. I am an industry business educator for hairstylists. I teach hairstylists how to systematize and automate their beauty businesses so that way they can grow without the overwhelm and set boundaries without jeopardizing the professionalism of their business. And um, I got into this industry from a very young age. Um, I was uh, 15 years old when I joined my high school's vocational cosmetology program. So I don't know if there's anything like that in the United Kingdom. But what I had was the opportunity to go to beauty school while I was in high school. So I did like my first like four classes in the morning. And then the rest of the day, I would spend it in cosmetology school in a high school cosmetology program. That was an official beauty school program in which would allow me to get the hours that I needed to be able to take my cosmetology test. So I got into it. I like started that program, you know, against my parents' will. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, because it was tough to convince them to actually let me go just because it's, you know, vocational school by itself is just kind of looked down upon. Like a lot of people kind of believe it's just for like the lazy kids who like don't want to be into academics. And then, you know, they're just like, they were just nervous that I wouldn't be able to to make a living within this industry. And gosh, how we've proved them wrong up until this point, right? Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. So so I I decided to go because I, I, from a young age, I, I came out very young as a gay young man. I came out when I was like 14, I think. And I was really experimenting with like, my make like wearing makeup and like wearing more feminine clothes and like coloring my hair. I was like using like the worst like box color at home. I would be going into school with like a new hair color every single week. And I just really had a difficult time fitting in places. And I really loved the the art of expressing myself through like beauty and like through makeup and hair and all that. And when I heard about the cosmetology program, I was like, Oh my god, this seems like a place where I might really like thrive and like belong and like it was the first place, like the literally like the first day I went into that vocational program. I was truly one of the first places where I felt absolutely celebrated. And I felt like I was in the right place and I was safe and et cetera, et cetera. Well, I actually really want to applaud you for a second because when I was a young kid, I was very, very arty. I remember one of my very first experiences with makeup is I would get my mum's mascara and I would make myself a zombie with it. So completely not beautiful <laughs> at all, but like I would do crazy things. I would actually give myself bruises and my mum would be like, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> I love that. (laughs) And I I think I lost my way a little bit. I actually went into this on my first episode because my teachers, and you've probably had the same experiences. My teachers said, there is no way you will make a living doing art or makeup or hairdressing. You're just so impressionable at like 14, 15 years old. So of course I went went to law school. Right. Oh my gosh. Went to law school, was completely unhappy, completely miserable, worked in a law firm. So I really want to applaud you because I wish I had stuck to, I mean, it's not my fault, but I wish I had continued down the artistry path rather than doing what I thought, you know, I should do. Uh, and I, you know, I really do recognize the, the privilege and the opportunity that I had, you know, I was very, very, it's, I'm, I'm very grateful that my parents did end up letting me go. Like my mom literally was like, if you go to this and uh, once you turn 18, like you are kicked out of the house, like you are like, you're, we're not taking care of you like after that, because you're going to have to like figure out how to make it work for yourself. Cause she was so 
concern for me, right? I think like when you have like parents who parents or even teachers or just people who are like trying to influence children, I think that it comes from a place of their own personal fear. And sometimes their actual care for you and like wanting the best for you. But all too often that comes out in a toxic, really not helpful way. You know yes. what I mean? Um, and so I was really grateful that I, I I had even just the opportunity to do that while I was in high school. I mean, a lot of people just do not even have that option. And that my parents, although a lot of fighting and dealing with a lot of bullshit from them, um, they actually let me go. So thank you. I appreciate it. But I am very, very grateful for the opportunity. And I know it's like a rare one that not a lot of people get to get the privilege of going mm. through. And I, I do believe that everybody, like, there's a reason why I went to law school. Actually, that little mm -hmm. catalyst Absolutely. of law school created helped me create like the by Kaylee side of things so there's a reason why I did it there's a reason why our paths went the way they did but I just wanted to applaud you because that's really brave to go against the grain Thank of your you. parents as well <laughs> I think I like I think I like started to um like make a good habit of going against my parents the very first time I like colored my hair at home I was like dad I'm color I'm like dyeing my hair black tomorrow and he was like you are absolutely not and I was like watch me and I did it anyway oh <laughs> and I think after that it just kind of snowballed into like I know what's best for me I'm gonna do whatever the hell I feel like <laughs> so. I love that I think that's one of your driving forces so keep yes, that very much so. so do you still do hair do you still do hair styling yeah. Yeah. So I am doing hair once a week behind the chair. Um, it has slowly kind of like declined over the past three years to that one day a week. And uh, the majority of the time I am in my education business, I if I'm being quite honest, like if any business mentor would tell me in my position like that, that one day is holding me back from like growing the education business even more. But it's so fulfilling to me to be doing that once a week. Like I love getting to leave the house and because I'm working from home unless I'm traveling, but I'm working from home the rest of the time. So leaving the house, being around other beauty professionals in person, nerding out about formulation and like color and having those relationships with my clients and then keeping my hands in things and being able to relate to my students is also really, really important to me too. So it's a super fulfilling thing for me to still be able to do it once a week. And I'm able to walk my talk test things out for my students uh, before I roll it out to them um, and be able to have the credibility of being able to say like, listen, like I hear what you're saying that just happened to me last week. And this is how I handled it. I think that, you know, for me, I want to listen to people who can relate to me, whether they're in the industry or not. I just want to know that they've had some sort of experience that can relate with me. And this is what I believe allows me to serve my students really, really well. So I'm still I still have my hands in it once a week. When I was describing this interview to my boyfriend, he was like, who are you interviewing mm. today? And I was like, well, actually, I'm interviewing like the hair version of me. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. Like the hair educator, like the expert in, in like the hair education space. Like I'm interviewing that person. And um, it, I'm really envious because... I've been doing the by Kaylee thing. Now I do it full time. Congratulations. I maybe, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and I absolutely love it, but I completely get what you, what you're saying about, I've actually planned today. I'm going to show you right next to me, a whole list of creative things to do, test shoots that I want to yes. do, 
like just, I want to get my hands back in it. So I completely relate to what you're saying. It's so, so important to keep a toe in it. You know, I think that the one day a week is for me, just like the perfect balance as of right now. And you know, that might change as the, as the business grows and as the demand on my time grows for the education business. But I think like, if you've made that decision, then like you said, like, I think everything is, is meant for a reason. And I think that I love the fact that you like want to do creative test shoots. I think that's such a beautiful way of doing it. Like, that's great. So let's talk about your pivot into the education space, because I think this is something probably both of our audiences are, you know, I think every one of your students and my students, they have these big, big dreams of doing things that sometimes break out of the box of artistry or styling. So could you talk about your first steps into the education space, why you entered it, how you entered it. Sure. Absolutely. I ended up opening up my own salon suite. So I was in my own salon suite after maybe doing hair for like seven years in Pennsylvania, in my state, it's actually illegal to booth rent. So you can't be an independent business within a salon. It's either you own a salon or you're an employee, like period, like it's nothing in between. And that's just in my state. And then there's like four other states in the United States that have that same law. So when you when you get into the industry in my state, like you just you're in a you're an employee, like period. Like that's like the only way that you can go. Like you can't just like rent a chair, you know? But they started um opening up these salon suites in which the loophole is like you actually own the business, but you just have like your own little space in which you're renting out. So um once they opened that up, I was like, hell yes. Like I knew that I was able to step into my full potential if I was in full control of the environment, the client experience, and the way that I ran my business. So I stepped into that. I blew up my business like fast. Um, I, I got solidly booked three and a half months booked solid with appointments and five new client requests a week, which I worked hard for and I was very grateful for. But it also caused a lot of problems for me. I was super burnt out. I felt a lot of pressure on my time and my schedule. I had I felt a lot of loyalty to those clients. And I had a lot of scarcity because now I was owning my own business. And I knew that it was up to me and only me to make money. So I felt like any new client request that I had, like I had to get them in. If that meant coming in early, staying late on my days off, then so be it. Um, I wasn't charging enough. I was grandfathering people into like old prices. If they were like loyal clients with me, um, I was texting, DMing, emailing nonstop um, when I was outside of my business, you know, and I would just go home and I was absolutely exhausted and I had zero energy to pour into my partner at the time and my family and my friends and most importantly, myself. And it came to a point where I just didn't understand how I was able to maintain the same level of success that I had, but also like have a sustainable life and career path without burning myself out. Like it just didn't make sense how that would even correlate. And so I decided that it was time for me to set some really strong boundaries into my business and using my love and my not my experience with technology and just tools, I was able to set a lot of strong systems and foundations into my business 
that allowed me to finally hold myself accountable to the boundaries between myself and my business and my clients, but without jeopardizing the professionalism of my business. So that actually elevated the client experience versus lowered it. You know, it didn't take away from the quality, but it also gave me back the quality of my life, you know? And so once I did that, I finally had some like white space, you know, I finally had some space to actually like be creative and do like look into other ventures and I found I started sharing like my my journey and like how I've done things with other hairstylists in like just various communities and I realized like there was a big need for these types of technology this systems these automations and the boundaries that I've set in place and they didn't know how to do it and so I took a leap and I just created a course teaching people how to do it with like a lot of hands-on support and like live group coaching and like a community and then all the on-demand videos templates PDF guides all the things and And I couldn't believe that like I had 84 people out of being somebody who like was barely known in the industry. I had 84 people who like needed this information so much who decided to enroll in my very first course launch. And um, it kind of just all went up from there. It was crazy. I love that. Congratulations as well. That's an incredible like first launch. Thank you. Did you have any fear stepping because this is a big step out of our comfort zone right if you're in like a room of like i mean however many people if you ask if you if you ask like i've done this like multiple times in my presentations like i'll ask like raise your hand if you struggle with imposter syndrome literally every single person's hand goes up in the room you know like it's not something that is abnormal and it's a primal instinct it's something that us as cavemen it's something that kept us alive right so it's just one of those like those like things that are as a part of the human experience that unfortunately no longer serves us i feel And we all go through it. And I definitely went through a little bit of it at first. What I thought was, I always thought, and especially even now, you know, I'm 25 years old. And I think that for me, especially at the time, I mean, I was 22 years old at the time. And I remember having insane imposter syndrome of like, am I really, do I really have information that people actually care about? Am I too young for this? Like, literally, I did not have, I probably... I mean, even at this point, I barely have any students who are younger than me at this point. And my age is a really, really big part of my imposter syndrome for sure. But it's it's proven that, you know, I know what I'm talking about and I know what I'm doing and I've had my own experience to back me up. And I the other part of my own experience is... I think that, you know, my experience of being gay and expressing myself how I chose to express myself from a very young age, I have gone through so much battling with myself of whether or not this was a safe thing for me to do, like step out into public and just like be unapologetically myself and take risks and um, not care what anybody else thought unless they were my people and they actually accepted me for who I am. And I think that muscle that I have worked out for my entire life really um, has really set me up really well for this point. And, you know, we talked about everything that you go through in your life happens for a reason. And I really, truly think that my experience, you know, wearing makeup and just expressing myself and not, not caring what people thought, I think has really set me up well for that moment. And so my thing was definitely about my age. I was really nervous that people weren't just going to trust my little 22 year old self to like teach them anything. Um, And I remember telling my 
my uh, partner at the time, I was like, I was opening up the doors to my course like the next day. And I was like, if just five people sign up, you know, if just five people sign up, like that would make me happy. Like that would make me feel like this wasn't a massive waste of my time. Miraculously, all these people signed up, you know, and you never know until you try. And if, if nobody signed up, if nobody signed up, what I would have told myself back then is like, I want you to try again. Like, don't let this stop you from trying again and like optimizing this and making it different because you're super passionate about it, Hunter. Like, I was so passionate about wanting to take this and serve other hairstylists. Like, I have a massive why for why I love this industry. And I don't want anybody ever to feel like they lack the um, tools, knowledge, mentorship, community that they need to want to keep going and to make the most out of this industry. Um, and so leaning into the why as well too, I believe, is something that's super important. Like when you're feeling like the imposter syndrome, when you're feeling like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this because nobody's going to take me seriously or I'm nervous or whatever it may be, or I've failed, right? I failed on whatever it may be and I've failed a million times or whatever. Go back to the reason why you're doing this. Like think about the person that you're serving. Think about the people that matter most to you and, and, and how that relates to the mission that you have. And I think that that can be a really great uh, motivating factor in helping you keep on moving forward and taking the next steps. That was so, so powerful. Can I just say you are really good at speaking. You are really, Thank really you. good at speaking. Like, obviously, I, I see that you now do speaking. And sure. Yeah. This is a huge fear. Like it used to be one of my biggest fears. I was, if somebody told me that I would be doing a podcast or speaking on Instagram stories 10 years ago, I'd be like, you're insane. Like absolutely never happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking is a huge public speaking, particularly huge fear of so many people. Were you ever nervous to speak in public? How did you, how did you work that muscle? Yeah. So actually this makes me like kind of second guess my answer to how I got into education because <laughs> so I actually started in brand education when I was 19. Um, my, I was in an employee salon and I was an employee and my, my our salon manager came up to me one day and she was like, Hunter, I have a plan for you. You're going to be an educator. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and um, I was excited about the idea. And it was another one of those things. Like I felt like I wasn't in the industry long enough and I was really young. And I was like, why would I, why would anybody trust me? I, it's too early. But she sent me to brand education training and she put me through like the application process for our brand. And when you educate for a brand, they really give a shit about making sure that you are prepared to go out into the market and represent them well, right? So, you know, my brand specifically put me through the ringer as far as getting me trained and getting me comfortable with speaking. Um, I They put me through wild presentation training. So like I would have to go through like going up and presenting in front of like all of these people, like salons. And um, multiple times I felt like I completely crashed and burned. And I, and I still... To this day, my hand is like shaking when I got on a stage of any sort or when I start a class of any sort. Truly, um, I, I, I genuinely the fear doesn't go away. But what I've learned was that sometimes like the fear and the nervousness isn't going to go away. So you just have to do it anyway. And you just have to show up. And like I said, remember the why and like 
think about the person that you're serving instead of everybody else's perception of you, right? I think that like our our own nervousness and and getting um, freaked out to go on a stage or present or do whatever, I think it really comes back to our focus on ourselves, right? And being super self-critical, but shifting your focus onto I'm how can I serve these people, right? And looking at the people and having conversations with them and and shifting that that perspective has helped me a lot for sure. And that was a big thing that I learned in my brand education training and just the experience, like the same, so just the same concept of if you don't try it, you'll never know and you'll never get better at it. And and the other thing, the last thing I'll say is if you're nervous, it's because you give a shit a lot of the times, you know? And like, I want to be somebody who gives a shit. I don't want to be somebody who's just like pompous and just like, is like, oh yeah, this is like the thousandth time I'm doing this. I don't even care. And just like walk onto the stage. Like, I want to know that like, I actually give a shit. And if your body is like reacting, it's telling you that this is something that's exciting. And this is something that, yeah, you're anxious about it because you actually care. And you want to make sure that you're showing up and making an impact. And those feelings that your brain is sending you, they're not going to go away. So sometimes you have to just do it scared. This podcast is brought to you by The Level Up Club, my monthly membership for makeup artists. Imagine a place created with done for you monthly resources and coaching, literally everything you need to create and scale a profitable, thriving makeup business. Well, it exists and it's called The Level Up Club. I am so proud of this membership. I literally poured my heart and soul into it. Inside, you will find monthly Canva templates, monthly stock images, social media calendars, email templates, workflows, pro program lists, agency lists, monthly coaching and conversations with the people who can help smash gatekeeping. I'm talking agency owners, PRs, top makeup artists and experts. They're all inside. And not only that, but monthly in-person events. We have already held portfolio days, headshot days, branding days, and so much more is coming. The club is taking the mystery out of making money. Your makeup business doesn't have to be make-believe, and I'm showing you how. And guess what? It's only £30 a month. In London, that's literally two hot chocolates. I'm not even kidding. So come and join us, the only membership I promise you'll ever need. Now, back to the pod. Absolutely. This is very, very helpful. I have my first speaking gig next April. So yes, that's so exciting. <laughs> so this is great advice. So I'd like to, do you mind if we talk about business? I mean, we already are kind of yeah. talking about business, but more specifically for anybody listening, Hunter is the king of boundaries. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to give you that crown right now. <laughs> I'll take it. So I would love to know what are boundaries in your own words? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. And I think it's important that we define it. You know, I, the reason why I bring boundaries to the conversation is because I think in our industry, you know, we work so personally with people. I, it's really, we are, people are trusting us with their bodies. Like that's truly what they're doing at the end of the day. And, and parts of their bodies that matter a lot to them and that bring up a lot of emotion, you know, and we create these really intense and deep relationships and emotional connections. And for us as an industry, boundaries is a really deep, a, a much deeper conversation than when we're talking about them in like four, 500 company like traditional industries that like aren't trades such as these right 
And so like in other companies, right? Like the definition of boundaries is the management of your time. It's, it's how are you streamlining your time and using it to the best of your ability to make sure that your client is taken care of? Yes, but you don't have to spend all of your time and all of your energy to take care of that person, right? Boundaries for us as an industry is making sure that you are protecting your own energy and that you are reaping the benefits of the hard work that you're putting into the job that you have created for yourself, right? It's creating a life and it's creating a career, not just a job, right? And it's making it so you aren't coming in early, staying late on your days off. You're not working with people who absolutely make you miserable or disrespect you. It's making sure that you're getting paid your worth. It's making sure that you have a life outside of your work. I don't know if I could give a clear definition of boundaries, but I think that that's what they actually do, right? I think that's what that, and I think that that's, that's how I would describe what they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. I always think of them as they're an internal set of rules that we have. I mean, I don't really like the word rules, but that's the only way I can think of describing it. Internal set of rules that we have that keep us safe, that keep us happy, that keep us loving our jobs still, you know? No, it's so true because people, you get so resentful, you know, if you let people walk out, all walk over yourself, you know, you can become so resentful. So my biggest philosophy with boundaries is that if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. And boundaries, we all too often think of them as very selfish things or like a price increase or like not, not, not flexing for a client or raising some, like somebody's price who they've been paying the same price for years and years and everybody else is paying a new price, right? Like we think of them as so selfish selfish when in reality they're actually really selfless things to do because I would rather show up for a person in a much less resentful way knowing that I'm getting paid for my time and I'm not being walked all over because I know that I'll show up better for that client, right? Um, a, bi- a big dramatic example that I have is like the more resentful and, and burnt out and underpaid that you are, you may not even have this business in general at the end of the day for very long, right? And so I would rather my client, you know, I would rather me stand up for myself and set up the boundaries and systems in place. So that way I have longevity in my career. So and maybe possibly quote unquote inconvenience my client. I would rather do that and have be able to serve my client for a long time versus not even be able to serve my client at all. Right? Like if the business is shut down, you'll never be able to take care of the client. And so it is so true. Like that longevity is it's fueled by how you take care of yourself. It's fueled by the boundaries that you set between you and your clients and how you are making the most out of this career and the time that you're spending with your, with your career as well. Where would somebody start? Let's say a really common example. It's a stylist who is burnt out to the max, saying yes to everything, is, is maybe a little bit unhappy with the career trajectory that they're on. What would you, Hunter, say to them as a starting point for setting some boundaries? I would say, do you want tangible or do you want mindset? (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. let's do tangible first. 
so tangibly, I think the way that you're communicating with your clients outside of your work, um, I think is really important, you know, and streamlining that communication as much as possible. So I think that it's really difficult to separate, um, to have work-life balance and to separate your own life from your work. Like I'm a big believer in you are not your business. Like your business is a separate thing from you and your own identity and your personal life. And the more that we mix those things together, the harder it is for you to actually have work-life balance and to have these boundaries, right? So the more that you are in your personal life, getting bombarded by texts, emails, DMs, um, handling things with your business in one way or another, um, it's going to be more difficult for you to actually re-motivate yourself and actually to feel like you have a personal life. And so streamlining that client communication is a really beautiful place to start. So you don't want to be using your personal phone number to be uh, communicating with your clients. You should have some sort of business phone line. And I recommend just like apps on your phone nowadays. They There's beautiful apps that you can get onto your phone, on your existing phone that will assign you a new phone number and that you can reach out to people back and forth through just like an extra phone without actually having to carry an extra phone. I personally have two phones because and I completely regret getting these two phones like so I like once I started with my education business I thought I needed like this extra phone because like it's just there's so much more going on but it's still my same it goes back to my same philosophy of like why the hell do I need this extra phone if I just have like a business phone number app it just doesn't make sense so I hate having to like charge it I like lose it all the time it's like annoying to me (laughs) (laughs) over here in the UK if you see somebody with two phones you automatically think they're a drug dealer <laughs> like if somebody's got two phones you're like oh yeah no literally like I, that's how i feel i'm like why do i have these like two big devices like what is hunter doing on the on those phones like what's going on so literally now you can have like a ten dollar a month like whole new phone number line right on your phone that's like unlimited texting and calling and data sharing and all that stuff um and then furthermore they have like built-in capabilities that allow for like auto responses and like shortcut text and like broadcasts and like all these really cool features that you can do to even furthermore streamline that process. But most importantly, those do not disturb hours. So like you can set them up so that way between the hour of this and this that you don't receive those notifications on your phone. And that way, you know, you're only responding to people within the time frame that you actually want to respond to them and you're not getting even the notification. So that way you don't even see it like out of sight, out of mind, right? So a business phone line, I think, is a really important place to start. And then after that, using the power of digital forms to um, to really streamline that client communication, take care of them better, get the information that you need without having to go back and forth. So I think we've all been in a space where we're like DMing back and forth for like days and days and days with a client about the price or what they want. And like, if this is possible or not, and what the process is and whatever, maybe answering all these stupid questions. And then they end up just not even booking with you in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is time and money wasted. Absolutely. And your time as a CEO is so important. Um, And, you know, being able to just give somebody like a form to fill out that gives you all the information that you need to know to be able to know if they're the right fit for you, how much they're going to be paying, what they need to book online, etc, etc, I think is a really beautiful thing. I mean, for me, I I go back to this example, because this is just my personal experience. Like, I, I have a lot of tattoos, like I have a sleeve of tattoos. And my tattoo artist, she makes 
makes me email her these like 10 questions. Like she has like these 10 questions that she always wants me to email her. And I'm like, can you just give me a form that just asks these questions, right? And I can't imagine the amount of times that she gets people who do not answer all those 10 questions, right? But if you have a form that they fill out where it's just like field field, 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 and you just very cleanly answer all those questions and you can upload pictures as well too, then that would just be such a more streamlined process. And then once you have those digital forms set up, you can create beautiful automations on the back end. Once you get somebody's email and once you have some sort of point of leverage, such as a digital form submission, you're able to trigger a bunch of automations in your back end system that can put them through an automated process of getting them onboarded by themselves, like through online booking. And then you have like great marketing emails that go to them, like that are triggered automatically that you don't have anything to do with manually. And that will make sure that you bring that client experience to the next level without you actually having to go out of your way to make it happen, right? This is a great, great starting point for anybody listening. If you want to, and I definitely recommend it, deep dive into boundaries, head on over to Hunter's Instagram because there is like tons of amazing free goodness. Can I show you something yeah. I'm really proud of though? But mine are actually just on my notes app. I just have, I don't I know if you can that. see, I just have my own kind of internal boundaries that I read if I'm ever feeling a little bit stressed out. So some of mine are, I will come off my laptop at six every single night. I always think a really good starting point for boundaries as well is to look at what you're currently sometimes a little bit unhappy or stressed out about and just fix it or create a rule or a system that can unravel that a little bit. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yes. And like literally like that notepad that you just showed me, that is a system. I so I have ADHD. I struggle with ADHD really hardcore. Like it affects every single facet of my life and it has forever. And I think a lot of us creatives struggle with ADHD or some sort of form of it in one way or another. And what I've learned through struggling with my ADHD and my personal development with it over the years is that I need to have account a lot of accountability built into my life to actually get shit done and to like not get distracted or get procrastinated or get overwhelmed and then dip out. Um, there's a, I, I need accountability. And so what these systems have allowed me to do is have accountability. Like, so for example, like your boundary of like, I want to get off my computer at past 6 p.m., right? Maybe your Wi-Fi, like your your internet has a setting within it that literally turns off your Wi-Fi at 6 p.m., right? Like it's it's just using using the tools that are available to us nowadays that have never been available to us before to hold you accountable because the problem is it's not anything around us that is 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 stopping us from holding our own boundaries it's ourselves right like we have the decision like we have choice I know that I'm an emotional human, just like every other person. And I will screw myself over if I don't have the accountability, right? So that was a really big reason why I got into these systems. It wasn't just about the streamlining. It wasn't just about the automation and getting things off of my hands. It was also the accountability. So for example, like online booking is a big thing, right? And a big thing that I that I suggest and that I talk to and that really helps hairstylists specifically. But Let's say for us in the industry, like there's a big like uh, pre-booking push. Like a lot of people are really into pre-booking. And so like, let's say I have Anne, right? And Anne is a really great client of mine. I just finished doing her hair and it's the end of the appointment. And I sit down and I look Anne right in the face and I'm like, Hey, Anne, like, so I really loved what we did today. I'm so glad that you're happy with it. I want to get you booked for four weeks 
So then we look at four weeks ahead and there's nothing. There's like nada, right? Like there's no appointments in there whatsoever. But I'm looking Anne right in the face. I love her so much. I feel really loyal to her because she's loyal to me as my business. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to come in early, stay late on my days off, right? Because I'm in that intense pressure cooker space. Like I don't want Anne to have to wait five weeks, six weeks, whatever it may be. So I'm going to squeeze her in. And then I'm not going to be offering Anne a really excellent experience either. So we're both screwed, right? So what online booking would allow you to do is online booking is now your receptionist. Online booking now is your accountability partner. And so now I don't pre-book my appointments. I allow online booking to do it for me. Whether that be like they online book when they're in the chair with me or they go home and they and they go on my book and I'm not even a part of the decision. So I don't even have the choice anymore to screw myself over and to break my own boundaries. That's amazing. I just wanted, and you can totally say no. Um, would you mind if we talked about your ADHD for a second? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I, will talk, I could talk about this all day because I think that it is so important, especially for ADHD oriented or like similar entrepreneurs to bring this into the conversation. So mm. I'd love to talk about it for amazing. sure. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for being open. I would actually say I'm going to say, this isn't an official statistic, but I would say 40% of my students have come to me and said, I have undiagnosed ADHD or I have diagnosed ADHD or I think I have ADHD. And, you know, they ask me if I have any resources and I'll be honest, you know, I, I don't. I don't have any resources. I think I have undiagnosed OCD, so I have some resources for that. But ADHD, I have to say, I don't have the most knowledge and experience with. But I know you're nodding, so I know you understand. I think there is a lot of our community that that have it or think they have it. So would you mind yeah. just sharing as much as you feel comfortable, sharing your your experience with it and what has maybe yeah. helped you? Absolutely. So the thing about, I think the reason why, um, like a, our creative industry attracts so many people who struggle with ADHD is because ADHD will make, will like force you to focus on the things that bring you joy. <laughs> and it will, it will like de completely distract you away from the things that don't bring you joy. I genuinely believe that like, even though it shows up as a struggle for me and all facets of my life. Um, it's still, I believe really has been meant for me to bring me to where I am today. Like it has led me to where I am today. And I'm so grateful for that. So the, so the, the general scientific, um, uh, accepted like theory for ADHD and like what it actually is is that your brain does not pro easily produce as much dopamine as the general person, as the neurotypical person would. So it's harder for us as people to get that reward chemical in our brain to have that released. And so because of that, our body and our brain is always looking for that next reward and that next chemical. And when we are doing mundane tasks, such as like sitting in a class about a topic that we don't even care about, it's it, we don't get the same contentment that a neurotypical person would because we it's harder for us to have that that feeling of like okay like this is cool i'm doing the right thing for myself i feel rewarded by this and to be okay with that and so what 
it's allowed me to do is, is just focus on, this is why I wanted to go to vocational school too, is because I knew that this was something that I absolutely loved. It's something that really brought me a lot of joy. It made me feel fulfilled. It made me feel like I had that reward and that I had that contentment. Right. And so I think that it's really important to understand how it is affecting you in a important and beautiful way. You know, if you allow it to be something that is like a detriment, if you allow it to be something that is just completely awful that you always um, have to deal with. And also understanding that you're definitely not alone. And there are so many people out there that struggle with the same thing and really get down on themselves, you know, and there's a lot of people who are completely undiagnosed and underdiagnosed. Women specifically are very undiagnosed with ADHD, unfortunately. And it can make you feel so isolated. And so like, Oh, well, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm lazy. I'm stupid. I'm not as good as everybody else. I can't do this. I can't do that. And you compare yourself to everybody else. But in reality, it's like, you just have you you're just your brain and your body is not built for this, the standard and the society that we live in today. Right. And that is okay. And what we have the opportunity to do is lean into the things that truly bring us joy and put our whole ass into it and like make the absolute most out of it. And there's going to be things that don't bring you joy. There's going to be things that are going to be really hard for you to step through and focus on. But at the end of the day, like if you can be in a, such a beautiful space, such as this one, right. And if you can find what your niche is and the services that truly bring you joy and you learn how to make your business set up for that, right? And that's the beautiful thing of being a business owner. You have the opportunity and the choice to make a business where you are only showing up in spaces that actually bring you joy. You're taking services and people that actually bring you joy. But it does take business strategy. It does take the work of setting that up for yourself. But it is so worth it at the end of the day when you can go to work and you can say, I am doing all clients and services that I love today because I understood how to market to them and I put my work in and now I can just enjoy what I do and I can go to work and it doesn't even feel like work. you know. So I think setting up your business in multiple ways. So like I said, the boundaries and the accountability of the systems that hold you accountable to those things is super important. And that really helps you. And then doing that in your life too. So the Wi-Fi and the computer example, making sure that you're setting things up in your personal life that hold you accountable as well too, for a better quality of life to do the things that you wish that you would do, but your brain just doesn't let you. And then making sure that you're setting up the business in other ways too, like the type of work that you're doing and the environment that you're in, whatever it may be, whatever works best for you, making sure that you're setting things up optimally and not settling for whatever life is just giving for you because you do have the choice. You do have the opportunity to make big strides for yourself. And I don't, and I, I want to validate anybody who is in that space of feeling like they really truly can't make any steps. And I also want to recognize my own privilege of being a white cis male who was diagnosed from a very young age. People who don't have that same privilege, I understand that that's a different experience. Um, But this is just me speaking from my own experience. And this is me um, sharing that I believe that your ADHD or whatever you're struggling with doesn't have to be the detriment of you. I think that you 100% have the opportunity to make, uh, at least in the business world, a business that you are really proud of and that is conducive to the success of your life and your happiness. That was so beautiful, by the way. That was so beautiful. And I could see how passionate you were speaking about it. And I really, I know there's people listening, students of mine who are listening, who are going to really be touched and feel seen, which is 
why we're here. Isn't that amazing to make people feel validated and seen? It's just, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being open and and honest with your experiences. Absolutely. Do you have any resources that you could either send me after that I can put in the show notes that that have been useful for you that you could, you wouldn't mind sending me? As far as ADHD goes? Yeah. I mean, I have a podcast episode. (laughs) I have a podcast episode. Yeah, I have a podcast episode that I go a lot deeper into this topic um, about. So I can definitely send that your way. Please, I will add it to the show notes because I really feel like this is something that is just totally been swept under the rug for about 10 years, longer than 10 years, to be honest. And it's time to open that gate. It's time to open it and and recognize it and, and let it be a superpower, you know? Absolutely. 100%. There is a little game that I like to play at the end of each episode because I don't want to keep you too long. And I am a talker. (laughs) It's called Breaking the Gate. One of my missions, the whole premise of why I do what I do is I really don't like the gatekeeping culture that can sometimes infiltrate our industry a little bit. So this part of the episode is kind of a quick fire round. But if you do want to expand on anything, you totally can. It's just some quick fire questions that are designed to smash down the gates and the walls that are put up that kind of restrict people from earning more money in the beauty industry. So how does that sound? Are you ready? That sounds great. I'm down. Okay. What is one thing that listeners could do today to get a booking? Ooh, good question. Um, I'm, there's so many things. I mean, I could think about a million things, but I'm trying to think about like what's like the most effective thing. Um, honestly, posting on social media, I know that's like a really simple, I know that's a really simple uh, answer, but I mean, just posting on social media and speaking really specifically to a specific person, you know, like to like make sure that you're not just posting the post and you're not just showing off your work, that you're actually connecting with somebody and pushing somebody towards decision um, because you're speaking to their specific problems and what they actually want. I genuinely think like just post on social media, post on your story and say that you have an opening and that you'd really like to work with somebody in that time. Um, if they're looking for X, Y, or Z posting on social is my, probably my very simple and short rapid fire answer. I love that. And I, I do agree. There is, I'm a sucker for data. So I try and analyze my data quite a lot. And I notice when I'm showing up, especially on my makeup account, which sadly I don't get the time to show up on as much, but when I do the correlation between that and booking, it's, it's the same. If I'm not showing up, no bookings. If I'm showing up bookings, it's just, it's simple, but it's, it's truth. It's effective. Absolutely. What one myth would you like to bust about the education industry? About the education industry yeah, right now? Yeah. Um, that we all, that that every person, every mentor, every influencer, every educator has it all figured out and that you should, and that everything that they say is black and white. Um, I think that's so important. I think that it's so important to understand that we are all as educators, as influencers, as as mentors, whatever you want to call it, we all have our own education philosophies and tools to offer. Um, But that does not mean that that is the right fit for you and your own business and the own nuances in your business, especially if you're working with somebody who doesn't do one-on-one and I don't do one-on-one. So I'm speaking, I'm not speaking biasly at all. Um, If you're not working with somebody who does one-on-one, then it's difficult for somebody without knowing the entire scope of what's going on in your life and your business 
to fully give you a clear answer of, of what they would take, what they would do in their next steps, because they're speaking to a general uh, audience most of the time, right? So what I've tried to do in my own programs is make sure that although I'm not doing a lot of one one on one, I am doing group coaching so that that people have the opportunity to talk about their unique experience, and then furthermore, building into the on demand videos. Um, choice and taking in consideration those specific um, experiences and then being able to make sure that that person is able to kind of self-identify and then take the right route that makes the most sense for them. What is the one thing you think in your business that had the biggest impact for you? Um, learning the importance of my time, learning the value of my time. We all too often only think about money. Like that's all we think about. Like we only think about our resource of money and we never take our time seriously enough. And it's so wildly important that you do because you're only given a certain amount of time. Money is a renewable resource. You can always make more money. You cannot make more time. And when you understand how valuable your time is and how important it is to streamline it and save it and use it to the, uh, to and maximize it, right? Um, you can really make a lot of massive shifts in your business and big, big, big steps. If you're spending your time doing things that aren't moving the needle forward, then you are just wasting it, you know? So you want to make sure that you're spending your time wisely. Favorite tool that you could not live without? Jotform. Yes, yes. My my digital form builder, Jotform. It is genuinely, it's just, it's just, it's everything. It is the core foundation of my business. It's the core foundation of everything that I teach. It is a fantastic, 100% great software tool. Digital forms in general, I would say is my answer. But I'd say specifically Jotform is, is a fantastic software. You sell something that can help artists and stylists with Jotform, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So my course, Pre-Visit Pathway, we walk you through how to set up all of these systems. And like, and I literally walk you through all of the tech. I walk you through how to connect it all together. I walk you through the strategy of it all. I walk you through rolling it out to your clients and rolling it out onto your website. All the things. So yes, Pre-Visit Pathway is my course for all of that. Incredible. Go check that out because I feel like there is a lot of fear surrounding systems, tools, anything digital. And the best, best, best thing you can do if you have that fear is to just do a course on it, learn about it, like literally get somebody who knows how to use it to teach you how to use it. So knowledge destroys fear. Oh, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> What is the number one piece of advice you would give a baby makeup artist or a baby stylist just starting out right now? This is what I would say. And this is for, this is very relevant to right now. Okay. Right now you're going on social media and you are seeing this big picture that is painted so beautifully to you, but that is not always reality. Okay. And especially in the beginning, you have to put your time in still. And this is coming from a, a I call myself a zillennial. Okay. Cause I'm like two years away from being a millennial, but I'm actually in Gen Z. So this is coming from somebody who understands the wanting to just get there and get her done. Um, and just have making six figures right off the bat and just like wanting to skip all of the hard work. 
there is hard work and experience that is so essential for you to go through to truly create a career of longevity for yourself, where in five years from today, you'll be like, oh, I had that this unique experience and I learned this from that. And now I can approach this in a much smarter and more tangible way versus like not even knowing where to start. Right. So I think that understanding that you have to put in some time in the beginning, but that does not mean that you that you have to work your ass off or that you have to struggle or that you have to be be take take less than you deserve at the time but what i do think is is that you have to be willing to put in the work and that if you have to be a little bit patient but there are ways to streamline your growth and there are ways to work smarter not harder and grow a lot faster and you're lucky that you are getting into the industry in today's day and age where we have social media we have technology we have the tools we have the mentors to show you how to get there as fast as possible but it's going to be up to you to put in the work for that mic drop finally i would love to know if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what you're currently working on are you working on anything exciting right now what do you want to kind of tell us about right now um last summer we did something called the modern hairstylist summit and it was a i saw that uh, and it looked so good i wished i was a hairstylist <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I think it'd be fantastic for any beauty professional. I truly would. But so um, it's tw- it's a three day live digital event um, in which we teach independent stylists how to work smarter, not harder in the business. So we had 20 powerhouse speakers um, and influencers within the industry who just taught their various niches and topics related to the theme, um, that theme of teaching independent stylists how to work smarter, not harder in the business. And so um, last year, we had 2000 registrants. We uh, raised $26,000 for BIPOC beauty school scholarships. So it's a not for profit event. It's completely free to attend. But then we have like an upgrade option for you to get all the replays and a bunch of bonuses. And then we take 100% of the money that we make, and we put it straight towards BIPOC beauty school scholarships through Beauty Changes Lives. Um, and it's just an a beautiful action packed, um, really valuable um, event. And we are currently working on this year's and we are just so excited because we have amazing people who are going to be a part of it. And um, we're just bringing it to the next level this year. And we're hoping to raise a lot more money for those scholarships. And it's just something that me and my team are really proud of. And um, anybody who is a part of it, whether you even just attend for free, um, you get the upgrade, you're speaking, whatever. If you share it to your stories, whatever it may be, we appreciate um, you guys being a part of it for sure. I am 100% going to get involved. I had no idea. I just kept seeing clips last year and I had a bit of FOMO, but now I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Thank you. I'm really, really proud of it. It's something that is, you know, here's the thing about it. It's something where it's like, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting it to make us any money. So it is truly like a passion project. And the team is just gets so excited about it. And we are just able to make a really cool difference. And we are able to make a big impact in like 2000 plus people's lives, you know, because they're getting really badass education. And it's all for free too, you know. So I don't know, I just it just is it's so much fun and bringing people together is so cool and i love doing online stuff like this i'm good at it i'm used to it and so it all just feels really really aligned amazing please i'm gonna put this in the show notes um please send me more info as well so that i can share more about it because it's not only for a good cause but it looked incredible last year so how exciting to see what you've got planned for when is it planned for 
Um, it'll be in July. So we have, so right now we're recording this early June, not to spill the beans, but, um, it'll be probably like mid July. Amazing. Thank you so much. Where can everybody find you? So, um, hunterdonia.com is a great place to start for my website. Uh, that'll show you all the resources and tools I offer. I have a lot of free resources and places that you can check me out. My podcast, the modern hairstylist podcast. Um, I share so much free information there and have really great conversations, um, that I think are super valuable. <laughs> if I do say so myself and then my Instagram too, my uh, hair at hair by hunty H U N T Y. That's where you guys can connect. Please shoot me a DM on Instagram and let me know that you heard me on Kaylee's podcast I would absolutely love to connect with you for sure honestly I feel like I have a lot of hairstylists in this community who are gonna definitely get in touch and hopefully take part in your summit fingers crossed yes uh very much so Kaylee thank you so much for having me on here this was such a beautiful conversation I do a lot of podcast interviews and it's like sometimes I feel like it's just like Sometimes it feels a little bit unnatural, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm just like, you know, working, right? This did not feel like work. This felt like a beautiful (sighs) conversation. Thank you for holding such beautiful space for me. Thank you for wanting to make an impact in the industry. Anybody who's wanting to make an impact in the beauty industry um, is a friend of mine. So thank you so much for this conversation and this space today. I really appreciate it. You have been listening to a podcast by Kaylee. Thank you so much for tuning in today and being on this mission with me to self-improvement and taking steps towards financial empowerment. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to follow me on the gram at Designs, where I post pretty much daily. I would also love to hear your thoughts, feedback and energy. So please do leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening today. In the meantime, I want you to go forward, believe in yourselves and be the change you want to see. Bye guys.